Hello and welcome to Automated, our weekly podcast where we talk about how to build robots and how much fun they sometimes aren't. I, of course, am Stefan Salsoxmacher, one of your hosts here and CEO and co-founder of Polymath Robotics. Across the table from me is someone who's wearing a Polymath Robotics t-shirt, but I don't I don't seem to know what his name is. Who, who exactly are you? Oh, I'm repping the team so hard this week. I'm so <laughs> proud of our team. We just came out of a month of solid effort and a yeah. conference and everything went off without a hitch, more or less. Like, I, incredible. I, I caught up with some people who I used to work with this weekend for a Patty's Day party and I described our last month. They're like, huh, yeah, I don't miss working for your startup. <laughs> <laughs> So this, of course, is Automated, our weekly podcast, which split is split into two sections. The first of which is we'll play a game where I will draw a technology card, Ilya will draw a setting card, and we'll spitball creating a robot. And the second part, we'll, we'll talk through a topic. And, and Ilya, what are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to talk about our experience at Con Expo, where we just were last week. So sorry for missing a weekly podcast. <laughs> and what that kind of try to draw some general conclusions. Yep. And Con Expo is, of course, one of the largest construction equipment conferences in the world. We saw a lot of big heavy machines that, frankly, at Polymath, we'd love to get our code all over. Um, So with that being said, Ilya, to to get into our game, Ilya, what's going to be our uh, setting for the week? So I'm going to draw a setting card here, and we have construction. Oh, so random that that might happen after coming from a a construction equipment conference. We continue our proud tradition of unbiased choice. Yeah, it it would not be a good game show if we did not do that. For this week for tech... I just drew the technology card walking robots. How could we use walking robots in in construction? So, I mean, a thing that seems very obvious to me to start off with is surveying the site to make sure that it it is what you think it is or that you're, you're capturing the progress of how the site's supposed to be going. And walking might actually be useful because, like, maybe sometimes it's jumping from steel girder to steel girder. Maybe sometimes it's walking up the stairs on a second floor colonial McMansion. Well, I think, you know, if you look at Boston Dynamics Spot Robot, mm-hmm. a lot of construction companies are trying to use that. Thing. Yeah. For surveying as built versus as, yeah. as designed doing a lot of those kind of comparisons, doing safety mm-hmm. spot checks, that sort of stuff. Yeah, there we go. So I think walking actually makes a lot of sense for a construction site because you're not guaranteed a nice smooth floor yep. for tires. Yep. And there might be small steps or stairs. And or it's somehow better than flying because you get to walk. Well, like a, a quadcopter, I, that would never work in this environment. I, I think, let's, let's solve walking and jumping from steel girders. I, I think it's more about runtime. Yeah. A walking robot can operate for several hours, and a quadrotor can operate for 15 minutes. You can also have a battery on site. But let's, we, we drew the walking card, so yeah. we're walking. So so it's a walking robot that would go and maybe do a LiDAR scan and show you why it is, how it is different from the plan. Yeah. yeah. So and all you need now is the construction engineer to build a perfect plan. Because if everything is off by 3%, you'll have no meaningful data. Well, here's here's the really fun <laughs> and, part. And the great thing about data analysis is garbage in, pristine out is yeah. the saying that I always hear. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Here's the even better part. You, you get the construction company to actually use some sort of source control for mm-hmm. their plans. Naturally. Like Git or Step whatever. Step one. Step yeah, one. No, but there's a reason for this. There's yeah, of course. So, so the engineers it would be good if they did. If the engineers and architects yeah. put their stuff as commits, yep. you know, which everybody in the kind of software world is mm-hmm. more or less. Familiar. I'm sure they take to that rapidly. 
So what the robot does is as it's going around and it notices a mistake, it will look up in the commit history and literally be like, Jeff got this wrong. <laughs> this specific pipe, Jeff's fault. <laughs> or or Bob, the pipe fitter, put this in the wrong spot. Exactly. Jeff or, or Bob are wrong exactly. and write them up. The union, the pipe fitters union will love that. And, and, and in general, just like if any robot that initially starts off with a requirement of change the entire workflow of a three trillion dollar industry, I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a fan of that step one of robots. Well, like at this conference, we saw these robots who are painting plans on the ground. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of another step where instead of wheels, it actually walks around and yep. does it. And to fuse in another idea we were discussing, some of the time it glitches and, and writes down coupon codes for McDonald's onto the <laughs> ground as well so that the construction workers get hungry mm. and go to their favorite mm -hmm. restaurant nearby. So we have this walking robot, this like Atlas or something. No, no, no. Quad, quadruped. 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 Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. For sure, like a spot. That was a bipedal robot. No, 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 no. All right, so spot walking around, scanning to make to, to make sure you're 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 doing it perfectly. So a spot runs you what quarter of a million dollars, a full sized one, I think. I think they're cheaper now. Hundred fifty. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, what's a hundred thousand dollars between friends? Exactly. So that for for hundred k, we need to first build a software package that it takes the construction world by storm and they all now use a GitHub-like interface to perfectly 3D model out the buildings they're going to build. Yep. And I have one question. If you have all that data source of truth, why not just use like augmented reality glasses and have a human look at things and measure how they're off? I would love that. You know, it's funny. On that note, like <laughs> I tried out the HoloLens thing uh -huh. at, at CES. They yep. had a stand and they were doing this thing and they were like, here's HoloLens and like, here's an example. You could look at this engine and it would show you stuff. Very, very cool. And then I asked a very simple question of like, how accurate is it? They said, oh, you know, it's millimeter accurate across the space. Said, okay, but if I walk 10 feet that way, how accurate is it? They're like, oh, it doesn't support that use case. It gets really <laughs> inaccurate really quickly. Like, oh, okay, well, so maybe that's why this hasn't been yeah, adopted. Yeah, so yeah, you just have a human wearing AR glasses walk uh, meter by meter and look at how accurate everything is. And oh, so no, no, so we close the loop. So as the robot's walking around, it paints in April tag codes on the ground mm -hmm. and your glasses measure those April tag codes. And that's how it knows where you're positioned uh, in 3D space. So really, ultimately, all our spot robot is doing is putting April tags down for humans to look at it later. And blaming other people. Yes, naturally. So I think for this package, um, we're probably replacing a surveyor who's making... 100 140 a year with our you know call it $250,000 robot package and our massive SaaS tool to perfectly 3D model out all buildings. Yep. I'd say, I'd say we get away with this service for a, a comfortable 75 to $150,000 per year and you still need a person to use it. Yeah, I mean definitely the spot robot is not going to wander around by itself. Yep. I wish they were that intelligent. They're well, not. I mean, if you already have a perfect map, which means you first need the person with the AR glasses to mark out the LiDAR anyway. But even if you have a perfect map, somebody left out a pile of tools somewhere. Yep. There's some lumber that's not where it's supposed to be. Like, uh, You know, I could parkour over that. <laughs> Going to a construction site near you, Survey Dog 3000 will revolutionize your construction site after you've already revolutionized your entire construction workflow. And with that, let's actually talk about this this uh, this conference we went to. So to paint the picture, Con Expo is somehow larger than CES, or at least seems like it. There's equipment everywhere. There's all sorts of weird machines. It also, personally, it was a very 
weird vibe as far as conferences go. You know, CES, it's a bunch of like 20-year-olds who are then getting fun at night. You know, the Tulare Ag Show is a bunch of like farmers walking out their families. Uh, most conferences, you know, pretty, you know, button up, whatever. This is the only conference I've been at where I've seen a lot of people double fisting at 9 a.m. and then coming up Beer, and to be quickly. doing demos of our of our bulldozer, like stumbling towards us drunk. Like, what does this do? Oh, that's scary and, and wander away, which was, you know, a take. But uh, I guess like what was your what was your main takeaway from uh, from the conference? Yeah, I mean, I everybody always reads these headlines of people are kind of concerned about robots replacing them and that kind of stuff. But I think we actually got, to my mind, a very surprisingly positive reception from people about wanting to use something like this, wanting to enable uh, autonomy. And why do they want it? it? It seems like, you know, people people were very impressed with with the tech and the demo and, and people like that. And that was that was nice to hear. But mostly the concern I got is is yes, like we need something like this. We can't hire people. Yeah. And I've heard something of this, but I was pretty surprised with with how in depth this refrain came about yeah. over and over and over that like we cannot hire people. And and I gotta say, it always it annoys me that that's a surprise because like frankly, the only people who seem particularly worried about robots taking all our jobs are like white collar city living people who don't work on construction sites or mines or farms who like just think like yeah you know those poor people really love driving bulldozers but in reality like if you talk to anyone who works in these heavy industries it's always they're like we can't hire people these jobs suck people die all the time the workforce of our local area has hollowed out over the last 25 years and we just need to keep on getting material out of the ground yeah. And, and even just simple stuff like one manufacturer came up to us and they couldn't hire for a position where they just drive their test vehicle up and down rumble strips for eight hours a day because your, your teeth fillings fly out yeah, after turn, getting rumbled. It, it for turns eight hours. out people don't like their spleen being shaken apart. Yeah. It's where they're very picky that way. No one wants to work these days is what I have to say about it. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, you know, the larger political context with some states repealing child labor laws and things <laughs> like that, there, there is definitely a labor shortage that people see and can't solve in any way that doesn't involve greater efficiency, which is ultimately what autonomy brings. One of, one of my favorite things about the show is like there's so, so much equipment. There's so many things that people are building for this application or that. We met companies who build machines that just put in posts so you can, you know, you can fence in your cattle ranch. Large companies that crush rocks so that you can make aggregate and and do it on a mobile basis. There are so many types of equipment. Super super specialized, like incredibly specialized. And like the reality is like for many of these applications, there's never going to be a time when like someone in Silicon Valley is it's going to make sense for them to build a vertically integrated robotics business to to automate those. Yeah, like we we heard the barge example. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about Yeah, that? so we met a company who puts I think aggregates into aggregates being like busted up rocks that you might use for gravel. They put them into barges that come from some coal facility. So before they put their their precious sweet sweet rocks into these barges, they have to clean out all the coal residue. And there's kind of two parts of that. First First of all, they they hose the the inside of the barge down. They then p- drop a couple of 
skid steers like bobcats into the barge to shovel the coal residue towards this like big rotating uh, like a wire brush yeah like a massive wire brush that is like a meter wide meter or two wide by like i don't know maybe four meters in diameter oh and while you're doing this you get to breathe coal fumes so if you want to feel like a cool hipster and have the uh, the black lung I got a job for you. And to top it all off, uh, not infrequently, someone shovels coal residue a little too close to the wire brush and they get wire brushed. You don't come back after something like that. And this is a job that like they 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 probably hire 10 to 20 people to do to just shovel this coal residue around between five or so ports around the country. And to, from the technology autonomy perspective, I can't imagine a simpler task. Like it is a perfect box. It's a Roomba. It is a box that you need to cover every corner and bring it to one spot. It is a Roomba. That's exactly right. It is. It is like there's nothing to avoid. It is a straight space. Yep. And you're probably realistically for that use case alone. If they have 10 of these vehicles, you're probably talking about half a million dollars per year of labor cost. And frankly, killing people likelihood that you can eliminate with like pretty straightforward robotics. Very like first year university straightforward robotics. It's kind of astonishing. And, And there's so many use cases like that. Yeah. You know, something that Stefan and I have been talking about is it, it kind of starts to make autonomy seem like the underlying enabling operating system. But not the value. Like the value is the, hey, you know about shoveling out coal barges and you know that they need to be shoveled out this way and that here's how you interact with that big wire brush and you do this, this, and that. Or just knowing that you have to wire brush out coal dust in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. And and having it in on a company who cares about this operation. Yeah, like I never would have thought that's a task that people do. Yeah. So... That's that's the thing that we kind of started talking about. Yeah, I mean, I liken this a lot. It, the, this type of thing makes me think about autonomy not so much as as the actual product, but more as like uh, almost like the operating system. So, like, I mean, I think of I think of a good old you know Windows ninety five, Windows ME, Windows XP, all the all the classics. And there's there's a lot of features you get for free from them. Like, I've never really thought about how you do file management. Or process management yeah. or like, security. Like, or... I just like to dig into that. Like what what is what is what is process and file management? Let's say let's say I'm I'm opening Word to write a strongly written letter to a local fast food institution for dis- discontinuing the rib witch. What what else is going on on my computer? Or Szechuan sauce for Rick and Morty fans <laughs> out there. Yeah. So so if if you were if I or, or someone was to write a very simple word processor, right? Yeah. You don't have to worry about exactly how you're storing the file where on a disk. Yeah. You don't have to worry about how to. I thought the computer just sorted all that out. Just magic. Like IBM knows how to do that. Yeah, that. I mean, that's your OS, right? (laughs) You don't have to worry about how, like, who has permission to a file, how to make sure that your process gains enough CPU time and RAM to do what it needs to do. You don't have to worry about how you actually the OS hands you a pointer to that file and stores it correctly. And there's all these tasks where at the end of the day, if you wanted to write a half decent word processor in Python, it would take, you know, 20 lines of code because almost the entire rest of it is taken up by the system. Yeah. And whereas I think when it comes to automating robots or automating vehicles, controls kind of falls into that. A safety system that recognizes if the system isn't working right and makes it stop if it's not working right looks a lot like that there's there's a bunch of these capabilities that like you don't get any credit for by building like nobody frankly cares yeah it, when was the last time you heard somebody say 
I use Windows because it has the best multi-processor process manager. Oh, out man, it's so good at finding my files. Like, I, I got a big technical achievement for you, Leah. I, I built an operating system, and when you click on a file, it opens. Yeah. Yeah. It took us months. This took us like two years to get, but like, I'm very excited to demo it to you today. It's funny because you kind of hear the opposite, right? Like a lot of roboticists will use Linux because you don't have the Windows OS come in and suddenly delay all your processes by like <laughs> 300 milliseconds because it just decided to do some sort of cleaning process. You have no idea what it's doing, right? So like file management is not the thing that attracts you to a Mac or a Windows or whatever yeah. or Linux. It's it's like the thirtieth concern. If yeah, that. yeah. So I mean, I think I, I think that was interesting. What other what other things did you see? I mean, something something that I also saw at Con Expo was it feels like a lot of people have tried to automate a lot of things. Yeah, there's a particularly interesting, very specialized machine to to tie rebar together for concrete pours mm -hmm. and for bridges. I think was one of the first things they were doing. Yep. And again, you wouldn't think like tying rebar together is such a big deal, but it takes a huge amount of time. Yep. It takes so much time that it that it makes economic sense to buy and spend the time to set up a machine, which is a big like overpass machine just to tie rebar ties That's together. That's crazy. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. That's crazy if you think about it, right? Yeah. Like how much time it must take for that to make economic sense, uh, which I'm sure it does. Like there's a whole business around it. They have machines that, that they're showing off and there's just so many of these specialized little cases, which which to Stefan's analogy is kind of this almost special purpose programs that don't really have a common OS to run on. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, they often end up building some super weird machine that only kind of works in their use case. And it's a super expensive machine. They have to fly people out every time there's a problem, which which makes sense. You know, like how many people need to cure asphalt on, on the roadway and move at a quarter of a mile per hour to do so? That's not a very common problem, but all those people do need to hire someone to sit on top of it. And all those people do need to take some, take some form of instructions that look incredibly non-readable and turn them into something that a human can follow or let alone a robot can follow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in particular in the construction space, there is, of course, the like from a roboticist standpoint, there is the land of chaos, which is the construction of like a single family dwelling. Home, yeah. Right. Unless you're building a whole like whole subdivision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where it's repetitive. But like something like a hotel or an apartment complex is much more ordered and much more planned. Um, but just just my point being that like generally the construction runs a spectrum from like guy with a shovel in his backyard all the way to multi-year very carefully planned dam. exactly dam or bridge or building a mine exactly exactly so so robotics isn't going to play well in the space of guy with a shovel in his backyard yeah. for a long time well i mean it can if you have a really good app that guy with a shovel can interact with e even just the economic sense yeah. and all that kind of stuff right well i mean but there's like, there's use cases like graders that literally just drive around a site and make them flat. flat. But and that's but that's my example of a perfect robotics case, right? Yeah. Like that's the opposite of chaos in yeah. a lot of ways, right? Like you don't need, you have very specific instructions of like this area needs to be flat to this understanding yeah. of flat. Well, yeah, a guy with a shovel like building a treehouse for his kid. Exactly. Is like, the opposite of that. Very long away. But from, I think like there's a world where the next five to 10 years or so, if you have a good app, you can sell your machine or you can lease your machine better than others can if it's then just does a whole discrete job. 
Like basically if it's like, hey, you got this app, now take this special GPS, walk around the perimeter of where you want to be flat, click this button on your phone, it's going to tell you where it thinks you want to do, and then let it grade for the next uh, eight hours. And let it go. Yep. And I think part of the reason we've seen in modern day smartphones take off as much as they have is because of kind of this idea of app store. Mm-hmm. And we would love to see that yeah. in the robotics space. I think that's fundamentally no, what makes robots real. Exactly. But there's no underlying common understanding between that. And again, you know, we're big fans of Ross here. Yep. Ross has kind of taken steps in that direction. But I think Ross is still at the layer of Linux, file Unix. manager. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's, here's how I've improved the efficiency of the file manager by 5% in these corner cases. I think the beauty of the the App Store example is that like the App Store has so incredibly lowered the bar of how smart and technical you need to be to make a valuable product that like we've forgotten about it. Like yeah. a lot of people just pretend that someone who's like the CTO of a, a business app is similarly smart as an engineer as like was, but in reality, they can just kind of tie a couple of things together and make a bunch of money because they don't have to make a cloud backend. They don't have to make a social login. They don't have to host documents. They can just kind of tie a bunch of stuff together and make value. Yeah. I mean, I I, I forgot. There's a funny anecdote I've heard where recently employers are starting to have problems with newer younger employees because they don't deal with files the same way. When we talk about like file access and putting in a folder somewhere, like this pisses me off about smartphones is like, I want to access my files how I'm used to accessing them, which is files in a folder somewhere. Whereas Android and, and Apple is just like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about yeah, where they are. Like search. they're just there. They're yeah. just somewhere. Don't, You'll get don't it worry. when you need it. Exactly. And so when you're writing that app, it's the same thing. It's like, don't worry about it. Just, just write your app and don't worry about how the underlying system works. And we need to get robotics to that state. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's it's too right now long you need to there. be too smart to do anything in robots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not gonna get there. With that being said, Ilya, what are we talking about next week? We're gonna talk about how Stefan always asks me what we're talking about. <laughs> and what and that means decide until three minutes before the and what the that podcast? means for the future of polymath robotics. <laughs> If I'm found in a ditch somewhere, uh, you know who to suspect. <laughs> well, that being said, thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll be here to talk about robots with you more soon. See you next time.